Welcome to the Reaching the World Bible Church podcast. This is Pastor Henry and Ella Looney. Our prayer is that you enjoy the word for today. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? And on our slide here, we know that we see that Jesus was talking to a man that had been laying there in the uh, at the pool. And our theme, though, and if we want an underlying thought before we get even on into that, I just like to look at that picture because I want that picture to be in your mind. But uh, the word of God is powerful, and it will make and it, excuse me, and it will reveal Jesus the whole making Christ to you. That revelation is to stir you to act on it by putting your faith on it. If there's anything that I want to be this morning, it's stirred up for God. How many of you want to be stirred up? And when we see our scripture first scripture lesson and the things that we're looking at are, and, and it is uh, as far as Jesus here in action I had one young lady say what should I read <laughs> in the Bible and, and I was kind of talking to her there and we were walking down the hall I said honey just go read everything in red because it's what Jesus said <laughs> but this morning in John 5 1 through 6 King James Version John 5, 1 through 6, he said, after this, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethlehem, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Waiting for the move of the water. Here we see this pool and, and, and they, people, they were sick people. And because of a legend that a certain season, at a certain season an angel came and stirred up the water for healing. Now the thing about this thing is that it was first person in and get healed. And the rest of them did. We looked at this, and I like historical things and liking to look back at that. And this was called, Bethsaida was called a house of kindness. But another thing is this. It was up there, as in the scripture said, it was by the sheep market. By the sheep market. And there is some uh, things that we look at as far as the sheep market was where they brought the sheep in. There, as far as, and, and, and some were there for, for sacrificial. And the thing is, you just, uh, it wasn't clean. <laughs> if you know animals, you have to have a designated place for them to come by. So the thing that was ironic is this. The sheep and, and, and how they messed up could be unclean, but the multitude of folk laying there, blind, halting, withered, were considered unclean also. And it's good that Jesus go to unclean places, amen. 
Aren't you glad that one day your life was unclean and Jesus came by? So we see that some people, though, they, they got a problem. They said, well, there's sick folks and blind folks and, and, and withered folks. And, you know, there was a disability even in the man. Some people will uh, say that, um, well, why, 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 why disabilities and why illness? Over there in John, the ninth chapter, and the first verse, he said, as he went along, he saw a blind man from birth. And I, I want to look at it because some people have ideas. If you're sick, you done done something wrong. But he said, as he went along, he saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind. And Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And, 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 and I work in the field and have been in this profession for 42 years, and I see sick people. Sometimes people are made to feel guilty, and, and people often say this. You might have heard it growing up. God going to put something on you. How, how many? Raise your hand if you heard that. Or they'll insinuate you're, you're suffering because you, you're just a sinner. Well, we saw why Jesus uh, dispelled this one. And, but for this particular man, it, there in the John 5, 14, I wanted you to see this statement also. Because later Jesus found him, John 5, 14, NIV said, Later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See you well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. And sometimes people have jumped on that, and, and that's why they could get those kind of thoughts. But you know, you, the thing is, God doesn't have to use the devil tools to get you straight. Said so the Bible said, Jesus, what? Came that we may have life, and the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. And so, but then stop sinning and something worse may come upon you. And this might throw a light bulb on somebody's life. The worst thing that could happen to this man is that he died and go to hell. The worst thing is not that you don't get healed, but the worst thing is that you die in sin and miss God and go to hell. So, we, I wanted to just kind of look at that and make sure that we had these because somebody somewhere is thinking that, uh, well, I'm here because God trying to, trying to tell me something. Well, God got a way of telling us something, amen? So we see that Jesus was here at the pool of Bethesda, the house of kindness, and we see a man that had been sick and impotent and, and, and paralyzed there for, what, 38 years. And if you look at it real quick, you thought he was 38 years old. <laughs> but you know, back over here, when we say, when Jesus told him, go and sin no more and stop sinning so something worse may happen to you, this man must have been a little older than 38. But 38 years is a long time. And for some people, it's a lifetime of sickness. Lying in a bed by the pool, daily, waiting. Many people at the pool, a lot of people at the pool, had their eyes on the pool and didn't have their eyes on Jesus. 
Amen? We look at this and we see that a man can go through life year after year. Not just a man, but a woman <laughs> or a man can go through life year after year, incapable, unable, knocked out of the battle of life, utterly defeated. But in a matter of minutes, God can change. There's somebody out there now who need a matter of minutes. Somebody wants to be made whole. Somebody wants to change. And we looked at that scripture when in John 5, 4 through 6, King James Version, John 5, 4 through 6, said, For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. First thing I would holler, ain't fair. <laughs> no doubt that's why the man been laying there. And then a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years, and Jesus saw him lie there. Jesus saw him and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, and he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Jesus didn't go around taking the senses, I don't believe, but I believe he saw in the spiritual realm. God can look in your life and see something nobody else can see. That's a good side and that's a bad side. Aren't you glad, though, that God is like this? He forgets the bad and he remembers the good. But somehow he didn't need a medical record and had to go back through 38 years of paper and say this so that Jesus knew immediately that what? Man, you've been laying here and it's 38 years. Hmm. So we see that 38 years there and how he had laid there. And it's not good, though, to have confidence in just the things you see. Amen. Amen. Because this certain man was laying there waiting on the pool to move. And, and you know, I, I know that God's word is good. And God told us, get your eyes off of men and the things around you and your circumstances and because his words are spirit and life to those who receive them. I'm reminded of that little episode there right in that movie, Hidden Figures. How many of y'all saw that Hidden Figures? And they, were, and they were trying to figure out how to land the plane, well, the ship, the, the spaceship right. And then all of a sudden that girl said, Wait a minute, I know a method that works. <laughs> she said, it's all his method. And she said, it's old, <laughs> but it works. And y'all remember how she went and looked and got that old book, and she brought it out, and, 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 and she began to look, and, and then make a long story short, she figured out. She said, numbers don't lie. You know, the word of God is like that this morning. We need to step back. And I know we can find things quick in our computer. But you need to go back and look where you marked down some things in your Bible. <laughs> you need to go back and see how God worked in your life a long time ago. How God worked before the pandemic. And you need to say, look, it may be old. <laughs> but it'll work. <laughs> Why? Because God's spirit is on the inside of us. Some people say, well, I need more of that Holy Ghost. No, you got all the Holy Ghost in you you're going to need. 
Because God has given God, say his spirit lives in us. And you'll never need more of the Holy Spirit, but you will need more of, a, of, a, of a, well, what is the question? The question is this, does he have more of you? <laughs> That's the question this morning. Because a lot of folks run around, I want some more, I want some more anointing, I want some more Holy Spirit. Well, you got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. But what we need is to ask ourselves, does he have all of me? We got to be surrendered today. We need to be surrendered. So that certain man was there, and it was a long case. And, 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 and the Lord looked at him. And, and Jesus was asking the same question to us today. He is asking the same question. Will you be made whole? What is whole? Whole is, is wholeness is harmony in your body, your soul, and your spirit. You live in a body. You have a spirit, and you got a mind. And you know, sometimes we can be broken in some of those areas. And Jesus made this man's life a testimony. 38 years waiting, and then he was changed. And so we see him here at the pool. Many was at the pool. Some people said, well, well, the rest of those people left unhealed after Jesus healed this man? Well, the only recording we have is this one. John recorded this one case, but that don't mean a lot was left unhealed. <laughs> There's nothing like a prayer line than when one person, see, one other person got healed. And then we read in the Bible where it said many things were not recorded. I'm going to believe somebody else got healed that day. Amen. Because, see, the miracles that Jesus performed were not just for an hour show. It was not just to draw attention to him. And it wasn't just together. It was not just together following. Jesus wasn't doing what he was doing together following. And that's the wrong with the world today. If you want a ministry just to gather a lot of folks to say you got a lot of folks or just to have sensational, because some people are following sensationalism. If I can see something big going on, then I'll go. And, and that's what happened. They'll follow one big thing after another. But what God wants for us is a what? Relationship. I want a relationship with God. We need a church that has a relationship with God. And we've seen this down through the centuries. People will follow if they see. But the thing is, you got to make up your mind, I'm following God. Amen. So we see that wholeness needs to be there. And, 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 and I, I looked at Pastor Happen and went by a, a little, I think there must have been a show that was, that was on at, the, at last night, the, the $6 million man, and how they got that man and they made him over. Gave him, he could run, and, 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 and he could hear, see. I think that girl heard it better than him, but he could get up and go. He was new. I'm here to tell you, God can make you over today. I, I believe over there in that Old Testament, he said, the potter saw a vessel that had been broken by the wind and the rain. But what? He was able to put him back together again. I don't care how distorted your life is, your thoughts are, whether you need healing, what's going on, God can put you together better than ever. Yeah, amen. amen. He said, for the Lord brings us to wholeness. But before he brings us to wholeness, we got to be able to deal in those areas of our lives that need to be whole. It's funny how we talk about this broken stuff. And, and, and we say people's health to be broken. 
We say couples, relationship, what? Broke up. And then we say when you have financial loss, we're going broke. And it's something how we use that brokenness. But if it's broke, God can fix it. I say God is better than that. Over there in, uh, in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 in the NIV. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 NIV. He said, may God himself, <laughs> the God of peace, Sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God himself. There's nothing that can make you whole more than God. Whole. He wants us whole. Spirit, soul, body. Be kept blameless at the coming of Jesus Christ. If there's one thing that the enemy has tried to do in this pandemic, it's break you. <laughs> well, I said in every one of those, he'll, he'll break, he want to break your spirit. He want to break you in, in your pocketbook. He want to break you in relationship. But God wants us to be whole. Each of us got some part. Uh, some have come, I say, maybe or have been at some point in your life when you've been dissatisfied. Anybody want to raise your hand if you hadn't? <laughs> and you become dissatisfied with where you are and, 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 and who you are. And then all of a sudden, you got a life-changing encounter with God. You say, well, I've already been saved. Well, well if you're in that position today you need to have another encounter I'm, amen you i ain't saying you got to get saved over again i'm just saying you got to reach back in that word we say and you got to find out lord what are we going to do from here he's a good god he said the god of peace sanctify you holy and so jesus saw this man I, I put on my question, and there's this nice picture there, what Jesus saw. Because sometimes we worry about what people see. Because you can be something else for people, and, and Jesus will see you just the way you are. Amen. I, I can explain to sister, sister, this is how I am, and this is what I, what, what, look at me. Look at, no, Jesus saw something else when he looked at that man. And, and, and as we came to this particular man, we know that Jesus saw the man different than he saw himself. The man saw himself laying down. And Jesus saw not just sick in body, but he saw his inner self. Jesus saw his real self sick and down. How I many you know it's worse being when you have a physical ailment, but it's worse when you have an illness that nobody can see but Jesus. Amen. Nobody walked in here and, uh, uh, unable to, to come, but there's some things that can be on the inside of you. He saw a man lying down on the inside and the outside. Can I say that again? I say he saw a man laying down on the inside and the outside. Some people had pity on him because he was laying down on the outside. Oh, this dear man, been here 38 years. That's all they saw. But Jesus saw a man laying down on the inside. We got a generation of sometimes young people that can be laying down on the inside. Amen. 
We were from a generation where we might have been standing up, but at some point, you know, we have to realize I'm laying down on the inside and I need to get up. Amen. So, you know, man was made to walk upright. I know I don't care what these theories talking about, monkey and all that. Man had been created to walk upright, but he was laying down. This man was created. Guess what? You're created to walk upright. What? Not just physically, but spiritually and emotionally. God wants us to stand up today. But Jesus saw this man lying down inside his body, and, and, and that's the part of that man Jesus knew he had to get to. And that's the part of people that we've got to reach today. Because most people may be doing well off and doing, doing great things, but there are some people that laying down on the inside and they're walking around on the outside looking like it's all right. Jesus spoke to the real man on the inside. He said, sir, will you be made whole? But this body and his mind have to have a makeover. Your body and my body, we have to have a will. Amen. Amen. No will, then you know your reflexes try to take in. I, I was looking to think about reflexes. When we were born, we had what, about, I'm going to say about a couple, five of them, to four of them I might look at. We, we had, if you get a newborn baby rooting, they're going to root. Nobody teaches them how to do that. It's a reflex they're born with. And suck. You can put anything near that mouth and they're going to go want to suck. And start a reflex. You run in there and you hear the loud noise, that baby going to jump and grasp. Some people think it's because the baby love them that they're holding on to their thumb, but it's just a reflex. <laughs> so you go get that little picture. You think little, you, you, you think little, 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 little uh, Pookie love you like that when they were little. No, it's a reflex. There are some reflexes that we lose, and one reflex that we look for in babies is called Babinski, and anyway, it's where you rub the foot. You ever seen them rub the foot and the little toes curl in and flare? But then, then you got, when you get old, if you got Babinski, something might be wrong with your nervous system. What you saying? You outgrow some reflexes. Spiritually, you ought to outgrow some reflexes. A baby Christian may curse you out. Because <laughs> that's his reflex. But an older Christian don't, shouldn't resort to that because something gone wrong. <laughs> Amen. You said that ain't about that man in that water. Yes, it is. Because Jesus saw that that man's will was not operating. At a certain time, your body operates because you have a will. When I move my hand up, it's because I'm telling you, you got to move. If it's involuntary and just start moving up here, y'all would say something wrong with Pastor Ellen. Amen? So his will was not operating. And the man's inner man had, what, resigned his hope? Because his hope was gone, he'd given up, he'd accepted his condition, and he was lying down on the inside because he was not operating in faith. He was not. You're going to lay there for 38 years. You know, and I thought somebody must have helped dude to the place. Couldn't have had a full-blown stroke because he could think. <laughs> 
Amen. Because when we look at him, we see some things that he began to do when Jesus asked him that question. He came up with some excuses. And there were two things in motion here, excuses and tradition. John 5, 7, King James Version said, The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. So I tell you, his faculties are working. But while I am coming, another step is down before me. He answered him. He said, I have nobody to put me in. I, I, have, I have nobody to help me in anyway. People jumping out in front of me. Jesus is not in the business of accepting our excuses, but commanding us to what? To do what he tells us to do. I've offered God excuses. I told the Lord, even during this thing, I told Pastor, I don't like being on TV. I don't want to be, <laughs> I said, I don't want to be on TV. Well, guess what? The word of God got to be preached. You just forget about any 10 extra pounds. Well, they ain't looking right. <laughs> Pray that the camera gets you at a good angle. <laughs> because we have to change. I said we have to change some ways. The thing is, if we allow tradition, even when it comes to the things of God, the ties up, we got to be able to know that my tradition may not be what it needs to be. In fact, tradition is what? A powerful enemy of your potential because you're full of what? Security. I'm so happy doing what I always done. I'm so happy doing what we used to do. Well, we need to be able to think about something else, and you don't have to think you have to do everything the same way all the time. Amen. Something will come in our lives, and I believe this. This pandemic has come, and it has challenged us. And the thing about tradition, though, is you, you do not receive the incentive to grow and be creative, and many dreams can be, die because you share them with somebody and they were the wrong person. Amen? Joseph could have died with his dream. They, in fact, they tried to kill him. Well, they weren't going to kill him. They are going to leave him, but he could have been left to die. You, can, you can't allow just what has been done already dictate to you what you're going to do now. We have to change. And there he was with excuses. He said, I don't have a man. The greatest problem we face today is that we're looking for somebody. <laughs> I remember though when we were younger, younger ladies, I ain't going to say that about these men because I know about women, you were looking for a husband. <laughs> Amen, anyhow. <laughs> God, if you'll give me a husband, then I can live safe. Then you get a husband and you know with the husband come the struggle. <laughs> You, we ask God for a lot of things. We want him to, you, you just figure like that would be the solution. Y'all don't have to see behind the mask. I don't even have to see the people online. 
And this man, he said, I don't have a man. You looking for somebody else to help you to get up. Somebody else. And he was blaming on the fact that he didn't have. What we, we don't have is not because somebody else didn't give it to it, but because we got to rise up and get it. And you know, we got a generation that we're blaming on the man. <laughs> Amen. Got to look at the problem. And you know, sometimes people looking for a preacher, a prophet to do it. Well, you can't look to a preacher, prophet. You can't look at me. You got to be able to look to Jesus. Why? Because faith is the open door through which the Lord comes in. I say it's the open door. You may be an instrument. You may have a, a lot of confidence in, in a man or woman of God. Just know that they're only instruments. I'm only an instrument. And you know the same way the salvation comes, healing comes. And, and what is that? That's through the glory of God. When Jesus died on that cross, he died just as much for healing as he did salvation. So you can't put your trust in, in those things. Because, see, God is not influenced by outward appearances. Neither is his power diminished, what, just by impossible or seemingly impossible obstacles. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, said we walk by faith and not by sight. I said we walk by faith and not by sight. The man uh, at the pool had one eye on the pool and one eye on Jesus. He did. And Jesus is steady talking to him. I looked over there in Leviticus uh, uh, 1513, New King James Version. He said, and, and this is the Old Testament, and we see that it was talking about the cleansing. He said, but when he who has a discharge is cleansed of his discharge, then he should count for himself seven days for his cleansing, wash his clothes, and bathe his body in running water. Then he shall be clean. I want you to look at that. I just wanted to pick that running water out of there. <laughs> How many of y'all didn't grow up with running water? <laughs> running water. What was so good about running water? Running water was clean water. It wasn't stagnant. It didn't have, didn't have those little uh, uh, wicker tails in it. There wasn't mosquitoes or babies. Nobody didn't know it. And, and, and just stagnant. You might not have been through the age where you had to strain the water because something else was in it. But I remember having cisterns, and they were, they were stagnant. And you, you'd have to get strained the water. And, but running water. See, the people had their eyes on the pool, but Jesus was running water. And that man had to get his eyes on running water. You know, when he met the woman at the well, he said, I got water. It's a living water in me. And, 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 and I got water you drink up. You're not going to be thirsty again. This is the same water. Amen. And, and, and so we see that uh, we today may look for uh, um, think we got it all together because we got running water in the house, but we need running water in our spirit because the Holy Spirit is running water and Jesus is running water. And until you get that running water, you're just as bad off as we were with that cistern. I believe that's why that pool had to be stirred up. That water had been sitting there dormant and laying, and all of a sudden the angel came, they said, and stirred up the water. We need to get stirred up with the water of God today. Get stirred up again, praise God. Then he had that other excuse, others get before me. Now that's something. The empty man began to blame other people. <laughs> How many know we like to blame other folks? My husband, he make me tired. 
them cheering, they make me mad. <laughs> that job, Lord have mercy. You know, we blame other people. And sometimes I say this, now he was sick and he blamed other people, but sometimes well folks blame other people too. Huh? And the problems are prone. You know, it went back to Adam and Eve. And when Adam said, that woman, God, you gave me, made me eat. Huh? And then the lady said, that, that, that serpent, we got somebody to blame. But you know, we have to be kind of like, I, I, I know Michael Jackson may not have been thinking salvation when he said it, but he said, take a look at the man in the mirror. <laughs> hey, man, he had to look in the mirror of God's ways. And we have to look in the mirror because we have to stop sometime and say, it's me, it's me, oh, Lord. <laughs> How many times you had to do that? A lot of times. Standing in the need of prayer. So Jesus looked the man in the eye and did not accept a single excuse. And then he told him, take up your bed and walk. Now that would be kind of difficult for some of you. If you got a sleep number, <laughs> you're not going to be able to pick it up by yourself. And, 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 and he told him to rise. There in John 5, 8 NIV, Jesus said to him, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. I'm glad it was a mat because that man might have stumbled with a sleep number. You know, them beds higher than soap, most cars you used to buy years ago. And so he said, take up your bed and walk and, and rise and, and walk. And Jesus said, rise. Jesus told the man's inner man to rise. Because it's necessary for you before you can get up on the outside, you need to get up on the inside. And, you know, I believe this. During this pandemic, many people have laid down, and they're on their bed. And, and God said, take up your bed this morning, and I want you to walk. He had to tell me that. What? Well, sometimes he tell you that every day. If you go to work, he said, get up. <laughs> I'm glad he don't say take up your bed, because, see, by the time you done got up and you done got to your place of work, you realize I'm here. And, and, and thank God I'm here, because you made a good step. And when it comes to the things of God, we got to rise up in them this morning. His outer man uh, could stand up, and, and, and his inner man had to get up. How many of you know your body will not get out of that bed if your inner man don't want to? Lay down. <laughs> Turn over. <laughs> you set your clock for 5, you say, I'm going to lay here at 5.30. <laughs> huh? Learning to function by looking beyond what you are now, see to what you are yet possible. And the thing is, you've got to look beyond where you are. You say, well, I'm too old to be looking beyond where I am. I'm thankful for where I am. Yeah, but God still wants us to look past that. I say he wants us to look beyond what we are doing. I have to look beyond where I am right now. i got to see the glory of God. I want to live and see people saved. We had a meeting yesterday. It was a question, what do you want? Who, who, who do you want to carry with you? I want to carry my family. I want to carry the congregation. But I want to carry people I don't even know. Where? To the kingdom of God. We got to be able to wake up that on the inside of us. We got to be able to know that God wants to release our potential today. 
We got the resolve to live by faith and not by sight. And we got to be able to know on the inside that God is working in me. It's one thing for medicine to sit on your counter. But it's got to get on the inside of you. But that same principle is about the word of God. It's one thing that, that you can hear it. But it's got to get on the inside of you. You got to make up your mind to God's opinion. His word is what matters, and it's what encourages me. And God is the one that promotes me. Promotion comes from God. That is what the Bible says. You got to go beyond even your own self-imposed limitations. Look at your neighbor and say self-imposed. And then that's when you get in doubt and unbelief. And you see, I can't make it anymore. And you say, well, you got, God has got to be able to let you get beyond things you put on your self-limits. Sometimes God, what I say here, God will at times ask you to allow him to stretch you by suggesting you do something you would rather not do. <laughs> huh? And, but in another time, uh, to take you at that time God wants to take you to another level he knows what you need amen and he knows you got to stretch in order for you to do it obedience to God's words is our ultimate goal amen. how many of you feel God stretching you this morning amen. I believe you are I believe there's some out there in the audience God's stretching you nobody wants to be stretched Nobody wants to be pulled out of their comfort zone. Nobody wants to be do something that, that you don't want to do. I didn't want to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma when we went to Bible college. I wanted to stay home and just do the normal things. That what married people do, build a house, have some children, go to church. <laughs> but God wanted to stretch me. God wants to stretch me some more. I said, Lord, don't you know? Lord, oh, you know, he said, stretch. He told that man, take up your bed. Take up your bed. Take up your pallet. What is your pallet? Your pallet is something that you lay on. His pallet was something he laid on. His bed, though, that was worse than anything was his attitude. I said his attitude. That, it, wasn't a, it wasn't that thing he picked up and told, but it was his attitude. 38 years, he'd been withdrawn from people. He resented people waiting by the pool. He said they get him away, and his bed was his world. What's your world this morning? You want somebody to rock your world? Well, what's your world? <laughs> Amen. And so God had the power to raise him, and he, he had the power to raise us because, see, he raised Jesus from the dead. There's power to raise you this morning. You say, I don't know if I can get up, Pastor. You don't know what kind of stuff I'm under. Well, if he raised Jesus from the dead, your little stuff is nothing. Amen. And said the man, though, he put his faith in action. I say he put his faith in action. And John 5, 9, NIV said that once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. Don't allow your attitude to become a bed. Don't allow self-pity to become a bed. Don't allow enemy or people to become a bed. Overcome. You know, you cannot even allow over-dependence on a human being to become your bed. Amen. Can I say that? Whatever it is, Jesus said, take it up. He's not going to do it for you. He didn't help that man with that bed, did he? He didn't help him pick it up. He told him, you pick it up, because he knew he had the power on the inside. And, and see, sometimes we can get things wrong, and sometimes we, we, we can get things right. 
But see, God's not going to do your repenting for you if you do something wrong. You're going to have to repent. Amen. Amen. We got to repent. And there are some things every one of us we can repent for. No, I don't need to repent. <laughs> you need to repent for not knowing you don't need to repent. <laughs> we got to be able, though, to, to be able to see what Jesus sees. And because that man finally saw what Jesus saw. And he, he saw that Jesus was greater than the ledge. Yeah. Amen. Jesus was greater than the, than the angel stirring the water, the legend of the angel stirring the water. And he was greater than his illness. And he was greater than his excuses. I don't care what I tell God and why I can't do a thing. God's greater than that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. God just doesn't want, want us to, 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 but this is what we say. God, God, you need to know who you are in Christ. Well, God just doesn't want us to know who we are in Christ. He wants us to become that. Amen. Amen. When I got that degree and I have a nursing degree, I couldn't just hang it on the wall and just say, okay, now I'm nursing. No, I had to get out and start working in that. I had to become that. God has want us to become this morning. It's not enough to say know who you are in Christ. A lot of people know who they are in Christ and they're sitting down on it right now. Amen. It occurred to him that we can take hold of his power and make it our own. We need to make it our own. I don't care how old you are. There's some things God wants you to do. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 said, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. That's the key to that thing. When God starts moving in your life, you got to know it's not about you, but it's about what God is doing. He said that power, even when you don't understand how God is working in your life or what he's trying to accomplish, we can do great things when we cooperate with his power. That man learned how to cooperate with the power of God. You've done it. You wouldn't be where you are now if you hadn't learned to cooperate with the power. I thank God. I, 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 tell, I tell a lot of the younger nurses coming along, I said, honey, I have the same thought I had when I went into this. If God put me in this, he's going to have to be able to give me the strength and the wisdom and the knowledge to do what I need to do every day. You don't get away from that. You lean on the power of God. He made a move and he got up. I say he made a move and he got up and suddenly the power of God was working on the inside of him. And then he can see what Jesus see. And sometimes if you can just know what Jesus see in you, then you will be able to move. Amen. Jesus is commanding our inner self today. God wants the inner man to rise up. You know, it's enough for you to tell the children to get out of bed and then they still don't do nothing. <laughs> huh? We need to be able to operate in faith. On God's word. One thing about that man, once he got up, he didn't need therapy. He didn't need, you know, laying there 38 years, his muscles all the atropine, and he couldn't be floppy because he ain't been exercising and moving them. But something about the spirit of God will quicken you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I said that we have a treasure in jars of clay to show that all surpassing power is from God and not from us. What power? You got power in you. You got gifts in you. You got things God, ideas God has placed in you. And Satan knows that God is able to do immensely. He's to do 
greater than you think because of what's on the inside of you. And what he wants you to do is not utilize that power. Amen. Amen. I said that Jesus knows what he put. God knows what he put on the inside of us. And the devil is threatened by your potential. Because, see, he know if this potential ever get old to the power of God, you're going to go places that you've never gone before. What God has put in you, your visions, your dreams, your plans, your talents, they Satan's target. You say, well, are they mine? Yeah, you still got that stuff in you. God told you you were going to do so. That's the target. Have faith in what God has put in you. Somebody say, I want my inner man. I want my inner self and my outer self to be made whole by the word of God. And when you do that, it'll stir up, something gets stirred up in you, and it'll be the word of God, and you begin to act on it like this man did. And when he act on it and put his faith in it, he found out that acting on the word of God. For what? To be healed, to be whole. And, 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 and to be well in every area was possible. How many are glad of that today? How many want to be whole? I want to be whole. Because sometimes things can come and break you, break up. <laughs> you may, sometimes some people may have to break down. <laughs> but whatever the enemy has tried to break down, God can pick up. Give God a praise this morning. He's a good God.